You are locked into Injection Radio. Fueling you alive with feel-good music on InjectionRadio.com. Good morning and welcome to the Saturday Morning Clinic with me, Pretty Ronnie, your host on InjectionRadio.com. Welcome back to the Saturday Morning Clinic with me, Pretty Rana. Thank you for joining me this morning. So what is the Saturday Morning Clinic? Just to give you a little bit of insight, just in case you haven't joined me before. The Saturday Morning Clinic is a show that's dedicated to providing different types of information around health, whether it's your physical or your mental health. Um, We talk about life issues and I'll be bringing in some interesting guests to talk about love and maybe even a little bit of sexual health soon. We're a talk show 
um, I'm also going to give you the opportunity to be able to call in and maybe speak to some of the experts that are going to be coming on um, in about two to three weeks time and give you the opportunity to find out the answers to anything that you know bothering you at the moment and anything or any way we can support you we hope we can so today um, I'm going to be talking to somebody I've known for a very long time and today we felt that it would be interesting to have a conversation about economics and well-being you know we're living in a difficult time at the moment and I felt that maybe it's important to get some information in regards to finances and you know maybe if there's anybody struggling out there with businesses we don't talk about it often enough so today I have Ahmed Yuhana who's going to be joining me shortly he is the director of operations for a company called artists and recordings A&R is currently um, the consultant research and development lead in my company Urban Lotus and has drafted a really interesting article that's going to be releasing in regards to minority business enterprises and what they're experiencing through COVID. So without haste, let's speak to Ahmed. Welcome, Ahmed Yuhana. Welcome it's to InjectionRadio.com. It's a pleasure to be here, actually, and to be with you. <laughs> I've done this with you for, I don't think, ever. Have we ever really worked together? Um, not quite like this, no. You've no. trained me, but um, we've not actually directly worked together like this before. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> well, I'm glad to have you here. Um, I've introduced you, but I don't feel that I've done you any justice. Mm. Um, so would you like to tell the listeners a little bit more about you, your background? Um, yeah, just about you. Yeah, about me. Okay, well, it's... It's interesting because in, in I think it goes back to about 1993, actually, when I was actually doing my uh, psychology degree at Southbank University. I was working and working with a company at the time. It was called uh, Newham Drugs Advisory Project that later became uh, known as Involve, located in uh, Newham, East, East London. And I was there as a... Uh, my professional career started as a peer educator, doing workshops, uh, drug education workshops in schools. I later became a school counsellor there. From, okay. from that, I went into facilitation um, okay. with them, which I ended up helping designing a few products, actually. Um, the raw product that was a training program specifically for, for black minority ethnic people. Um, or, or they did the ID, identity and difference uh, product that was uh, designed uh, more so at a sort of wider uh, popular sort of audience. I also helped design the product of the pupil support program when I was there. So yeah, um, it goes back. I go into arrest referral. I go into working with the NACRO Metropolitan Police Office, Stephen Lawrence Inquiry, training most of the Metropolitan Special Operations, right down to rapid response. Um, then I kind of currently, if I brought it up to date, Oh, hold on. Before you do, that's where I met you, wasn't it? When you was doing the substance misuse work. Yes. Yes. With Involve. Uh, yeah, we did. I think, I think also with, I think one time you was, you was on a, uh, one of the raw training evenings, I'm sure. I think it was actually facilitation. There were moments of facilitation and I was sitting in, in the group and we kind of talked again, if I remember rightly. So yeah, we met around yeah. that period of time. 
a beer. In the 90s, quite a while ago. Say again, sorry? I said in the 90s, quite a while ago. Wow. Well, I think that was, that was, that was for me one of the best times um, of working in social impact because that's primarily what I was just talking about. That's where my career kind of blossomed from, was in the social impact. And if you look at the 90s... Could you tell us a little bit more about social impact, Ahmed? Wow. Oh, Okay. Um, just like, just in case you know, the listeners or anybody might not quite get what that term means. It's, it, if I was not fitting the right full sort of definition, but to me, so, social impact was was we were working directly on a on an organic level, which means working with young people directly, um, and not just train working with them, but training them to be part of peer educators. So it was changing a whole community during a time when you did have um, gang warfare and, and sort of, um, it was, what was it, post-cold warfare at a particular time. So it was working with, with the community directly and mainly with young younger people who, uh, for me at the time, um, were the real individuals that was going to have the impact, really. So in a short definition, that's, that's initially what we were doing the products i mentioned is what we were training them with and in um and then they were working within involved so they were doing workshops with us as peer educators so So you you were kind of recruiting them training them and then giving them kind of like a job as well yes that's kind of what i mean to be honest with you that's where i started from you see literally through that process um, even though I was doing my psychology degree, it was still, for me, involved, which I'm going to give credit to, it was an organization that really did believe in young people at that time. Wow. And that's why their model for me was one of the, the, the best, because um, I did work for a crime reduction initiative. And like I said, I work with, with NACRO. So I worked with a number of organizations in that level. I mean, when I yeah. was doing with NACRO, it was under the when Stephen Lawrence, um, inquiry which was working with the macro facilitating training for the metropolitan police so it was i've worked in so many different organizations how would you define macro um i think it's an it's it's a sort of an organization crime reduction initiative yeah i think national association of crime reduction i can't remember what they're always for but um they work with Main, young offenders yeah their main work but they they had this contract um that they they bid for attended and procured and, and then they've got that through through uh i can't remember who it was through but they actually got that contract to deliver this particular what they called race relations training um to with the with, in conjunction with the with the met so that was a very good experience for me in oh, all wow. But that those are the those are the sort of things that I would say built a platform in my knowledge base. Okay. Um, I, I was at them times there. I was really, I would say, professionally more academically orientated. That changed mm-hmm. um, because in the it was more third public sector. But when I entered into the private sector, it was as an entrepreneur. That's when it really became different for me the okay. the approach um that you have to take you, you become 
everything. As an entrepreneur, you become everything. You have to become a, a generalist, but you need a core foundation to yourself. Um, without without having that core foundation um, and knowledge yeah. of yourself, which I felt going through that entire process um, did give me that. And I obviously learned in psychology, sociology, those degrees did help me. Um, okay. But I felt there's what a lot. What made you go into the private sector? That's a, that's a good question, really. Um, it wasn't necessarily driven by finance. It was more driven by, uh, I would say, disillusionment, to be honest with you, if I'm going to get to the root of it. What was I disillusioned with? Mm-hmm. I was more disillusioned with the fact that when we came to the 90s, there was real work being done. And um, what changed, which a lot of, at the time I didn't pay attention to, was how the economy was changing and how the economy was changing was because of how the political process was changing. Okay. And, and that led to a, a sort of different way you had to work to win a contract. Uh, working in the, the third sector, like the charity sector, you had to change yourself and become very, I would say, corporate orientated. And it was it was leading to that way without the balance for me that okay. I felt we were going to, which to me, we we did, um, end up losing, I would say, the young people at the time and since then. And and that has been, had a devastating impact. So originally now going into the private sector, um, mm-hmm. I wanted to do the similar things, have the similar impact with the similar people, but he was allowed to do it in your own way. If that makes sense, because with private okay. sector, how you get your funds, how how you, how you go about um, procuring any any form of money and investments, you yes you do uh, especially like for A and R you do have to artists and recordings you do have to know that the yeah. message you're getting involved with and they do have some uh, say in what you do but if your your model is genuine and real that's yeah. what's lacking that's what's lacking. So, so they see that and buy into it. If I could just break it down a little bit, because mm-hmm. I know there's a bit of language there that um, maybe the listeners may not be used to. So, <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> we usually have to put in and request for money, but that money comes with attachments for the things that we have to do, yes. according to the, the funder, for example. So we're fulfilling yes. their needs, not necessarily the people that actually need that that mm. service or that product, mm. for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're fitting their remits. Whereas when you're in a private sector, you can raise and generate that capital and then um, actually provide what people actually are asking for or wanting yes. because there's no attachments, there's no guidance or restrictions, for example. Succulently done. Excellent. That is exactly... And That was my feelings, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and then if we talk about... I mean, just to let listeners know a little bit maybe about artists and recording A&R, yes. um, just to give some more context about what that private service might look like. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Because it's quite exciting. Yeah, that is, that is one of the most, this is one of the most exciting projects. I'd like to go into full, full, full detail, but I can give obviously the outskirts of the matrix, but there's a lot of things still going in negotiations. But there is, there is something that, I'd, I'd really like to, to say about it is that when 
the labels nowadays are not really going all, all out and they're paying more interest in where the artist already has or showing mm. some success. So expectations um, such as they must have momentum, exposure, um, are already developed brand marketing strategies and a strong following. Uh, mm. More breaking the artist, the emerging artist, rather than just, you know, trying to pick out from a bunch and then see which one sticks. Data and analytics is the measure of that. So what we did before, okay, well, my, me and myself and my business partner in this instance, we thought, well, you know, let's discover these emerging artists and create a basically a 12 sort of episode docu music competition where the artists are subjected to A&R, career development, song production. And okay. I mean, real A&R visually. So you see them going through this particular process that is not really seen as behind the scenes. And that's what we wanted to do is bring it behind the scenes and show you the process. Okay. Uh, one of the things we I, I do like about it is that the competition show, which has, for example, um, one of the biggest, well, the biggest record label uh, in the world involved, one of, this is Universal Music, and it has um, one of the biggest aggregators of, of manufactured services and, and companies, which is All Response Media in, in Europe. It also um, is involved with Maidstone Studios in Kent, which many people should should know about. And having having those that particular quality involved and having it behind the scenes and having seven genres. Wow. <laughs> which which is totally different from anything else. And for me, the psychologist part of me was I want to take individuals from these, for example, country and western and R and B and collaborate them during the show and watch them go through that entire particular process. So there's 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 those areas. The distribution at the minute we're in negotiations with obviously um, Netflix LA about that. So wow. Yeah to compete with it sounds uh, really exciting. Yeah it is. I mean we've been we were ready to go unfortunately we were ready to go from what was it to February 2019 and then everything else you know happened. And then yeah. it was kind of stop, start, stop, start. So I think when we're looking at time preference here, yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah, going forward for maybe the second quarter onwards, we can actually get that particular process production in play, and then we can have the marketing strategies uh, revved up and and going. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be well, fantastic. We hope that you can come back and tell us more about it. Obviously, more oh, detail late, at a later pleasure. date. That'd be a pleasure. Hi, I'm waking up daydreaming of your face I'm rolling, rolling in and out of space When you look at me, time is falls away I feel like I could tell you everything I know what you're thinking, I'm out of my mind Baby, I promise it's different this time I've left my second thoughts
to go. You can now ask your Alexa to take you directly to InjectionRadio.com InjectionRadio.com The ultimate listening experience. You know, I did say to the audience that we were talking about economics and well-being and I'm guessing that you know, for a startup project um, that big and in conversations with an industry like the Uh music industry that Uh is struggling, obviously Mm -hmm. at the moment, um (laughs) you know even that would have an impact i'm guessing on um not just the business but well-being as well because it i'm guessing it delays things you see one of the things i think that people do not honestly recognize is that and i didn't until for example um like with yourself being involved with with the a budding project like Urban artists, or being involved with a fantastic project like um, ANR, is that the economy is central to what you will be doing. It can make or break your your sort of your project or your endeavor, your mm-hmm. enterprise, and that is not really understood. I think when we when we when we look at say SMEs, I mean pre pandemic. We were talking. SME, were, sorry, sorry, I'll my let's... bad. Uh, I, I, will, I will explain. Um, uh, small, medium enterprises, businesses yep. um, that would say have one to maybe you know hundreds of staff. Okay, um, these these small to medium enterprises, these SMEs, um, pre-pandemic they were ninety-nine point nine percent of the business population. So let's look at what's really running the economy here Um, once you understand that and then you can fit it into like last year you know for me it began to think you know what is the impact in there and then actually doing the research into the the back of that because i'm obviously a part of a which i have to mention here uh, um, which helped me a lot um part of a uh, i'm a financial analyst for an investment syndicate and that puts me into a position where you 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 delve into a lot of what's happening financially mm-hmm. and you can anticipate what is going to come. So when last year happened, um, what we, what I saw was, was they were calling a crisis. I, I do like the way the Jap, the Chinese, um, their definition for the word crisis, it's based on two words, which mm-hmm. is danger and opportunity. So within a crisis, once you observe the dangers, and you creating a scenario planning around that. Mm. You know, what's possible, what's probable, right? Mm. Um, you can 
then take care of the opportunities that will spring from that. So within within that time, what I saw was is that going deeper into the, the small medium enterprise business population, mm-hmm. I found that there was a, 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 a sort of, I would say a segment, um, for want of a better word, but I would say segment of a, of a group that I coined the phrase minority business owned enterprises. Okay. It was the disparity that I found significant in that research of how those, we call them MBEs, but they're minority owned business enterprises. Those MBEs were resilient, very strong, but they were so underfunded, <laughs> you know? Um, and I, when I say underfunded, I'm not just talking like public funds here. Mm. I'm talking, you know, angel investors, venture capitalists, that level of, of, of private sector funding. Um, crowdfunding, they were okay, but but in those areas, it was significantly poor in comparison um, to sort of the other groups like white counterparts and so on. And going to the government during that time for, for, this, for, for these funds, I wouldn't say they were deliberately deliberately um, uh, discriminated against, mm. but it was harder for them to be part of, of, of any of these particular um, funding projects. So what, what I what I what I saw so was kind of like the government funding schemes that they were giving out the grants for yeah. small businesses and things like that. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I found. Um, during the recessions, as you know, the article I actually um, a piece I wrote about that, and it was it was during this recession that made me realize how uh, the impact of of the, the lack of finances, mm. uh, the, the the lack of options to get finances, especially in critical times, um, mm. and the outlet to deal with their wellness and well being. There was there was so much disconnect. <laughs> so what kind of um, so if we look at it, I mean we're talking about enterprises at the moment, but if we really look at it and we look at small and medium, they probably are suffering consequences too. Oh, most definitely. I mean, if if you really look at the, as I said, if you look at the grand scale of it, like I said, the small to medium enterprises, um, that is 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 it's particularly hard. More how many access to, you know, I don't have the numbers to mind right now, but how many access the scheme was a, was, was a small proportion. How many had to reduce um, staff was a, was a fair size of, of a proportion. But for me, it was going granular into that mm. um, because it, because MB, minority business owned enterprise, I just missed in, in that whole sort of catchphrase of small to medium enterprise. Do you think, I mean, in that, if I, I know we're talking about um, minority business enterprises, but also if we look at that whole small, medium enterprise kind of section, mm-hmm. when I was doing um, a lot of well-being work with employers, yes. I realised how much of a contribution they make financially across the country. And I didn't realise how much small yes. to medium enterprise businesses yes. contribute yes. to the economy. So for me, COVID was worrying um, because if they've got to close down and they're losing income, they're not able to get that support. 
that's yes. a huge amount of money that I think isn't spoken about within the community, within, you know, the community um, or across the country. You know, we hear things like the fall of Arcadia and those yes. bigger organisations. Yes. Yes. You know, Agreed. they're still talking yes. about Debenhams yes. getting taken over by ASOS. And Top Shop and etc. So I think yes. it's sad that we don't get to hear the real stories and impacts of people within those industries that actually have been bringing in huge amounts of money into I, the country. I would have to totally... Uh, agree with that and uh, you know me as a person I, I like to deal with um a lot of numbers and when you when you say for example um who generates most of the employment um mm. you would think most people do that you would think it was the big organizations mm -hmm. that's incorrect it's not it's the the small to medium enterprises mm -hmm. you know it's that entire group right that generates most of the employment, therefore, most of most of wealth, if you see what I mean from a business population side, that again means, like you says, if that means they create most of the employment, like you says, if that employment is then being reduced, um, what happens to them? You see, okay, yes, mm. the process would be uh, they will, you know, claim for for UC, et cetera, et cetera. And yes, you have to say receiving universal credit. Universal credit again. Sorry, my myself and my acronyms. You have to forgive me. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> glad, acronyms. I'm glad you're here. But yes, the <laughs> the, the fact of, of they will go for universal credit and the furlough program that the government has yeah. run out, which let's be honest, has done a a great job of reducing severe numbers. Yeah. Of, of unemployment figures that it would be detrimental um the effect of that literally um on a slowdown of the economy with what we call the energy or, or velocity um, of consumption demand reduced mm -hmm. um, which is which is what is kind of of, of happening for me has that knock-on effect of the uncertainty going forward for many days as, as, as i see in the numbers the uncertainty going forward yes it's offset by you know online e-commerce is flourishing let's be honest here um manufacturing goods um in numbers are, are generated are doing pretty well it's the services side that is not so, when you services sorry. like okay um if you look at for example food catering hospitality uh restaurant even some professional services even in transport I mean, I could go on to, uh, they call it the whole tertiary, the, the side of, of um, delivery vans, that kind of, you know, like logistics, these kind of cleanings, um, these are all classified as, as services that are provided. Okay. And when you understand that services makes up the bulk of, say, what the money that the UK makes, and that services side has, has been um, really battered, Mm. Um, going forward in comparison to the manufacturing sector um, that is, is was a worrying thing going forward because for ourselves at, at, at a &R, um, I look at things like streaming numbers uh, art, artists uh, selling units or streaming units things like this so you, you can see there's an offset there uh, offset meaning there's, there's a sort of uh, um, a balance, a disbalance, a reduction over here, but an increase on the other side. 
Okay. okay. You can see that out going on um, out there, but I just think for the services side of, of businesses, especially for the SME, SMEs, the small medium enterprises. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, there's a grave concern for myself. If, right if there was anyone listening, they've got a small to medium um, enterprise business. Uh-huh. Would you advise them if there's government support? Um, I'm not sure what's available. Would you advise them to try and look into this and to try and see what they can get to, to support them? I mean, to be fair, yes, some some have. Um, some have been there. There are some a few success stories that I've read and seen out there, and I, I would I would say yes, it would be advisable um, to do that. I do know there may be some changes. Uh, coming at the end of this quarter, which would be March. Okay. Um, but still, uh, yeah, I would I would definitely pursue that for that avenue. I think the other areas though, mm-hmm. um, there are like there are business areas that they, they have certain accelerate, they're called accelerators, um, business accelerators. Uh, I think those type of like a community of, of, of people, professionals, individuals, it's like a network, right? Okay. And I think those those things that I have seen, based based on research, my research in itself, um, mm-hmm. are, are very good because they cover things where not just how do you see funding, but also how do you you can look after you know your your well being and, and what kind of mentors are you looking for? It's 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 a hub um, where those things are accessible. I think those things are business accelerators. They're the best thing going forward. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, yes, you need finance to survive right now, but I think going forward, yeah, those those for me are the best things going forward. How could um, anybody find out more about business accelerators? I mean, the one the easiest, I mean, the, the, the most simplest way, and I keep saying this to people, which, and I know they they sound it sound crazy, but you know, if if you use Google properly, <laughs> and I've always said this, if you use it properly. Um, yeah. And that is the, the question you put in the search box, for example. So for me, yes, you, I, I, you, you, you can. I mean, I could have a few names that I could put forward to, you, but I haven't got them to hand. Okay, um, so literally, you're saying that we just need to go and Google business accelerators. Yeah, and if you, you, you can find ones that you, if you want to be specific, you put that specifically in. I would say because for me, doing research, that's what I did. Okay, I ended up finding some very good ones, and I, and I just. I wish I could remember its its name right now, but it's it's in the article that I wrote. All of this information, okay. all of that is there. Unfortunately, it's there. So I wish I had it now. When the article gets released, I'll make sure that um, I mention it. Maybe. Yes, yes, because it's yeah? you'll find there's a company there, and they do with just just venture capital, but as an accelerator, they connect you um, with those angels, best and, and VCs, venture capitalists, which are for for bigger firms, but angels are for the smaller ones, angel investors. So, and they can connect you with that and, and, and support you and develop your career in that area and your business. So, and your mind, because I think what's missing here, mm. I must add this, what's missing is that the entrepreneurial experience is a journey. Mm-hmm. You, you have to understand that. I mean, the best way I can describe it, a lot of people may not notice, I don't know if your audience does, but, there's, there was a, a, a writer, his name is Joseph Campbell. He wrote a book called um, The Hero of Many Faces. And in one chapter of his book, he called it The Hero's Journey. And it, on that, in that journey, there's three stages. And 
what I found as an entrepreneur that my journey, personal journey, mimicked exactly the stages of answering, hearing the call of going into the private sector and wanting to go there and do something, um, yeah. not knowing much about it, nor having known about the economy. At the time, being financially illiterate, not mm -hmm. really understanding how it worked. Um, and then having the, the part of me where I was going to refuse that call that came from inside of me, mm -hmm. wanting to do it, and, and then going and stepping in out of the ordinary world into the, you know, the supernatural world, which is the different world of the journey inside. And that is what an entrepreneurial journey is. It is a journey of yourself, mm -hmm. it is your business. It's kind of um, that feeling of stepping into fear. Yes. A ring of fire. It definitely is. Um, unknown. It's like, I'd like to describe it as you're stepping into an unknown uh, terrain and the map you may have had, the mind map that mm -hmm. you may have had, um, you know, the linear one of uh, when I'm this age, I'll be this. And when I'm that age, I'll have this. But, you know, um, there's a call to step into this terrain that you have no idea about. And the only guide you have of that terrain is yourself. I was saying to um, before when I was in before you came on air, I was introducing you and I was saying that, um, you know, just talking about economics relates to finance and finance. Even in my work, when I've worked with individuals around finance and um, mental health and well-being, mm. um, it's a very sensitive, delicate subject at times. So, you know, stepping into um, economics and finance. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> must have been even more frightening so you literally talking about this hero's journey i can imagine yeah it was i'm not gonna i'm not i tell you the truth um the, the reliance on yourself how how much do you trust yourself i think that's the question that came to me right how much do you do that and yeah when you asked you, me that question i didn't like that i know many people <laughs> I know <laughs> there's only two people. I mean, there's only two people that I mentor. You be one of them, and I asked him the question. The both of them didn't like. Nobody likes that question. Um, I didn't like the question. It was, and I asked myself the question, and it was the answer that changed me. Let's just reiterate said, that question, Ahmed, just in case the viewers missed that. Yeah, the question was, you know, uh, do you trust yourself? That, that it was a simple question. Do you trust yourself? My answer was naturally to myself, this is, of course. But then I, the further follow on question was, do you trust yourself in everything? And I paused and, and that made me realize I, I, I really, I fully don't, right? Um, yeah. Which was in a sense quite a disturbing to me because if I don't trust myself that much and I, do I rely on other people that much and other people's view and stuff like this. So, for me, it was like, this journey is going to take me on a road. And I knew this. It was going to take yeah. me on a road that I would have to literally uh, learn to trust myself. And, and the emotional strength that developed on that, that, that journey, it made me understand sort of the whole like, reason for living, really, <laughs> if I'm going to be honest. Wow. That's deep. You said that explained the whole reason to living, that uncomfortability, stepping into the unknown. Yes. Um, what would you say would be the top three things maybe that you learned from that experience? First thing um, 
was that adapt. You have to you have to embrace change, and change is constant movement. Um, that was the first thing, and embracing that constant movement, not falling to the sense of anxiety because of not knowing, but knowing that you can make sense from it as you go along, and that's it, and that's it. So knowing that you have to embrace change and knowing you just have to relax in it. That's, that was the first thing for me because not, not relaxing and trying to shape everything that was going on became so intensively difficult it wow. to emotional burnout because that's kind of where it led me. Um, so it was more like everything, we're in a world of disruption more so now we're in a world, we live in a world of exponential growth. Everything, yeah. everything, not just technology. I could say um, our debt numbers. I can say the rapid rate of how we're depleting, you know, the environment inversely. They're all going in exponential numbers. So we live in a world that is just constant change. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Well, for me, the only way you deal with that is adapt. And the only way you can adapt is to understand that, that that is what you live in. Those two things first. The last thing for me um, was trusting yourself in uh, intuition. Okay. Intuition, trusting that entirely. And I mean, that, that became the, the prime, that, that has, as you know me, that has become the primary focus and even led to success in my life. And intuition takes <clears throat> a lot of work, doesn't it? <laughs> you see, I think people don't get it because intuition is made up of, of, of a compound word, meaning it's made up of two words, inner and tuition. Mm-hmm. Now, to have tuition, one has to have a tutor. So to understand that is to, is to know that that is, it's like, being, like I said, being in an unknown territory, but that's your guide. You follow? So... You know, that's the tutor that gives you instructions. Now you have, I see it like this. You have two of mm-hmm. them. Um, one is called experience. Mm-hmm. And the other is called foresight or insight, which is okay. the combination of, of, of two things. So experience is very effective, but also very brutal because mm-hmm. it can cause a lot of pain. Um, foresight is a gentler teacher. Um, and I learned from experience, and now I get taught intuitively by foresight, which means I look into the things that you can immediately see, but also the consequences of those immediate things that you cannot see. Um, I look at those things. I look at life like that. Wow. That's, um, <laughs> it's, it sounds really beautiful yet complicated I would say in my own personal experience yes I would say um, as you always know me I would say it, it sounds it but in, I would think when you understand in real time it's just living right it, it's like this then it's like if you're going to turn around and say people ask people, many people ask me what's the meaning of life mm. my answer to the meaning to them to that question what the meaning of life is is that you give it meaning well, I like you know, that. Hold on, slow down. Let's say that again. What is the meaning of life? 
the, the meaning of life is that you give it meaning. Wow. And we that do. I think I've spoken about this before. It's the narrative we create in our minds. In, essentially, you become what you think. You know, you know, where, wherever your focus flows, that's where everything goes. This is this is the truth of the matter. So if 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 I want to say to you, someone asks me what is the meaning of love, I'm gonna tell you what the meaning I give it to. I give to it. I have given to it because the responsibility is on me to do that. So if if it sounds complicated or complex, I would say there's more uh, a fear of resistance to that. Wow. That's how I would see it. You know, like I would go from my own experience, resisting the things that led to this. Yeah. Ahmed, if I was to ask you, Mm-hmm. Um, in the next couple of months coming ahead, if you had any advice for anybody, um, you know, because, you know, the things we spoke about, there's many things economically that are coming a change. You know, we've gone through COVID. Um, we're coming through that, hopefully. You know, <laughs> yes. we've got Brexit. Hopefully. I know wow. that I went shopping this week and I've actually witnessed, you know, shelves. Um, like for example the meat section I know there was issues with deliveries and getting through customs and things like that which you know suggests to me that you know food prices there might be some increments that are coming yes you know we're talking about small medium businesses let alone the large businesses there's you know job losses coming yes you know advice wise because we're heading as you said um for most people like this is the fourth quarter the last quarter of the year before april and we go into the new quarter if you like financially it's going to be difficult and tough for many um for me i know i'd like to personally advise that you know anybody going through anything that's difficult and new because i know for many people it will be new and it will be really difficult um you know, they're more than welcome to email me on the show and I will be giving the email address later. I would also like to say that, you know, please remember that in these extraordinary times, if you need support and help to try and ask for help, because I know myself asking for help is incredibly difficult. You know, um, and yes. in these times, you know, just by conversating with different people, you might find out mm. different schemes or, you mm. know, funding opportunities and, um, you know, things that you may not have known about to help and support mm-hmm. you. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know if you've got any other advice for individuals because I feel that people may need to know what they could do. Oh, Wow from all the things you said, it does make it sound like it's a, uh, it is, a, it is going to be a very trying um, and challenging time. And nonetheless, I mean, because there's different categories of, of, of individuals. There's those who are on their sort of on their own. There's those who are with partners. There's those who are with you know, families, children. Uh, <clears throat> they're so. <sighs> I'm sorry. I am a single parent out here too. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I I do I do live live on my own, presently my 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 kind of self. So, let's say if I'm talking for myself as a sing as a singular person, um, the the challenge has been for myself, right? 
um, has been remaining mentally occupied, focused, uh, mm-hmm. and, and rightly stimulated. But you see, what I do with myself, the first thing I'm going to do, I, I get up and I've got a particular kind of workout program that I have anyway. So, so you built a routine. I've got my own. I, I'll give you an example. I will wake up. Um, I will do stretches. I will listen to particular tones. Uh, when I say tones of music, I'm talking about I go on YouTube and I'll, I'll say, for example, I'll type in 432 hertz music or, or pure tone. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll give me a selection. And I'll listen to that for about half hour because what Why? it does for me, it, 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 it re, I use the word recalibrate, but it kind of sets my entire, my frequency, my thinking. Um, and I, I obviously, I use visualization to help me in that. And I will okay. only do that for, for about, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes. Um, then I get up, I do a five minute sort of plank work exercise. And then physically, um, I mean, I'm, I'm good to go. And then I will get into my, if I don't have, which I normally do have a lot of sort of bits and pieces to do, um, mm. I will pick up a particular project that I'm saying I'm going to work on for the week, which I have been doing. Um, uh, and if, if, if you wanted to know what a project I'd be doing this week was, was looking at the level of debt to GDP. <laughs> okay, that's a conversation for another day. But that, that's what I would do in myself. So for me, what I'm basically saying is, is that, you know, you've, you've got to give yourself, you've got to give yourself a routine um, mm-hmm. that balances both the mental and the physical sides. It is imperative about, that you do that. What about, because um, I know there's different dynamics and people are going to set routines and things like that. But if people are, um, you mentioned it if people are experiencing financial issues or they can see it coming, for example, mm, like with the wow. job losses, oh, wow. um, is there any advice you have for them? Wow. That is, I say, well, because <clears throat> it's very, it's very, it's very difficult um, because they didn't have, a lot of people didn't have, let's say, uh, a savings to cover. Um, a lot of people have taken out a lot of, of loans. Some people with mortgages, they, they only have to pay the interest, but not necessarily the principal. And when I say principal, I mean the actual money amount they, they borrowed. So there's, there, there are people getting some help, but going forward, um, if, you, if you can reduce levels of, of, of your own debt to give yourself some breathing room, because there is going to be further borrowing going forward. And, and I'm going to say some people borrowing is actually tapped out, right? Mm. Um, there are, I don't know, credit unions, things like this you can look to. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is a hard, unless, you know, it's like this then, right? It's like Seneca was asked, and he's a Greek philosopher um, of, of ancient Greece, and, and he was asked a question. He says, um, he was asked, how do you be lucky? And his response is when preparation meets opportunity. And that has been, unfortunately, a situation where preparation, because no, you, you can say you never, no one could prepare for a pandemic, mm. but you know we could have prepared because we 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 know things happen, right? Um, well, if you put the pandemic to the sides, generally, this is something I'm learning as I'm becoming, um, as my mind is opening up to the financial world. I suppose <laughs> is that generally, you know, if you've got debts, it's better to clear them. It is. 
um and you know if you if the, if that was the original plan then that's something that maybe people need to think about so i guess i guess hearing what you're saying is that people need to maybe curb their spending a bit at this moment i would say some i would say if you look at yes i would definitely say that i mean because like you say you have to you've got to give yourself some breathing space so in the, in times of in times of recessions of which we are kind of in um mm. there is talk of a double dip recession um I wouldn't add that in, but at the time of, of, of the we are, it is necessary the best you can, right? Mm. Um, to reduce uh, those deaths, even though right now interest rates are pretty low, so borrowing costs are not that high on them, but it's still good to reduce that because the interest rates will not stay low forever. Okay. And if interest rates go up, borrowing costs goes up, which means it increases people's debt. So that's why it's good to do it now while the interest rates are low. See what I mean? Okay. Um, unfortunately, Ahmed, we are running out of time. Absolutely. I thank you. Um, I'm sure there's a lot there for people to digest this morning. Um, <laughs> early hours, yes, early hours. Yeah, you've really woken them up with that. <laughs> <laughs> that information, you've woken me up. Um <laughs> Is there any final words? Because I was going to ask you for top tips, but I guess I've asked you for a few. What I will do is try to add in. Um, I'll try and see if I can just read out some. Um, actually, I know off the top of my head, to be honest. There's okay. an organization, if anyone in debt needed support with, they're absolutely brilliant and they're called Step Change. Yeah. Um, you can look them up online. They are absolutely brilliant. Um, there's usually in local boroughs as well, there'll be organizations that are attached to maybe faith groups. Um, and also you've got the Citizens Advice Bureau um, for any level of support around welfare, if you're unsure of what you're entitled to. Um, those things are available. I think a few housing associations have... Um connections to to debt management um, organizations too so if you're you know you're in your housing association you can phone them and they can sign a portion directly to some of them too so try that too brilliant um yeah is there any final words finally i mean uh, i i i would say going going forward resilience um determination uh trust in your trust in your definitely you have to trust in your, your own self because this is going to um, require a lot of emotional strength. And I stress that it's going to require a lot of emotional strength. Um, and that's, that's what we have to foster and engender in all our, our close ones and loved ones and in ourselves. That, that's what I would leave people with, you know, support each other by generating and, and in, encouraging emotional strength. Wow. Thank you so, so much for joining me today. Wonderful. And giving Wonderful. us a little bit of uh, um, insight into maybe what's happening economically. Oh. I know yes. in this time we've just kind of touched the surface. Really, yes. Yes. Um, but it's been really nice to kind of talk to you and learn things that I may not have known before. Yes, and you know, like... Kept it's, it's, it's the catch-up thing and um, being able to, I think being able to, to be here for me was a pleasure because as you know, um, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm a behind-the-scenes guy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> as you, you know me, I am a behind-the-scenes guy. Um, I'm the power behind the throne sort of thing. 
but it actually was was it's been a pleasure um, coming in and catching up and, and talking and with with you. But I thank you for that. No and, problem. Um, I hope we get to speak to you soon. Yes, again. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. I'm tight, burnt like flames And why's that? American dream, they got this ghetto kid in the fiend Don't stress that, cause it's not in your bloodstream Your whole being comes from greatness, you remember Chase got you caught in the storms of December And brothers on the block, packing eyes like September Change these situations, shut the is all slender Yo, I be on the avenue, where they be acting brand new I'm flooding on these Reebok joints, for shorty boo All of a sudden, I saw these two kids fronting Talking out they joints, but they wasn't saying nothing My hand was on my coolie, they was acting unruly Word. Yo, word up, yo, I was tight, caught up But I swallow my pride to let that nonsense ride Because the positive, it seems that negative die Yeah, we was at the dice game, making these cats with silly Flaming, steady running off at the willy I had my cash fix, my rent loop with my Play-Doh I gotta see so loose, so all my girls I blow Shook them shits in my palm, let them hit the floor Kept my eyeballs scoped before them pigs popo. I got to go on the app, see my parole by four But I got a steady freak, these boys like JoJo And I was doing it till I met Ice Spike and Mike One road, they had my pocket surfier than Sprite Yo, I know the feeling, when you feeling like you feeling You be having good thoughts, but the evils be revealing And the stresses of life can take you off the right path yeah. Jealousy and envy tends to infiltrate your staff We gotta hold it there so we can move on past All adversities, so we can get through fast I really like, know Ayo, hey, they got me stressed out And you don't know what to do So frame this Kodak black Invented through my contacts With a poultry scrap Workers get pistol smacked The switch hitting queens Niggas liquid sauce spitting With raw puppies And now your first love is thrills Your vision of the mills Got crushed like hey lover Try to rise to the top I would like to thank you all For joining me again this Saturday um, If there's anything that you would like me to cover Or to invite anybody in Please do email me on urbanlotus01 at gmail.com. Um, it's been a pleasure. In the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking about love, sexual health. Um, and I'll also have a psychotherapist joining me next week. So I look forward to seeing you at the same time, same place at the Saturday Morning Clinic. And next on, we have Clive Bailey. Enjoy the rest of your day.